What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It is Will here. This is the only sports podcast. That's right. It is just Will here. No casino. No my wife. Uh, My wife is sleeping with our child. And then Casino is taking care of his brand new child. And I got an update from him. Uh, His wife's fine. Baby's fine. Uh, But yeah, so he's fine. So we're doing a solo episode today with just me uh we're just gonna go through week two a kind of to use the kids phrase mid week two kind of mid uh some interesting games to say the least but the two monday night games i mean let's just uh you know what we'll start there we'll go back because that's the most recent so the steelers end up beating the browns uh the story obviously coming out of this is twofold and i feel like they well threefold really but i feel like the two biggest ones are from the browns obviously the nick chubb injury which was gruesome and one of the worst sports injuries i think it's definitely top five there's a reason they didn't show a replay when it happened because you watch it and you're like that is one of the worst things i've ever seen so a hundred percent hope Nick Chubb is okay. I've always liked Nick Chubb. I don't think anybody doesn't like Nick Chubb. He was a top three, looked like he was going to be maybe the best running back in the league this year. And then that's a dirty hit. I think everybody can agree on that. If you don't, you're either a Mika Fitzpatrick fan or a Steelers fan, but that uh, was way too low of a hit. Looked like he dived right for his knees. And of course, it's the knee that was already injured. So yeah, that looked uh, pretty brutal. Hopefully that's not the end of Nick Chubb's career and he actually comes back. But that was brutal, brutal. Uh, The other thing from that game is Deshaun Watson. There was things during the game where he's pushing referees. He's doing... He's pushing other players. I don't know. He was just being a dick, which I know Deshaun Watson being an asshole, like surprising to everyone, everyone who knows uh, Deshaun Watson. But he, they, the Browns don't get the call at the end with obvious pass interference, the tackle on Deshaun Watson. He doesn't get the call when it's an obvious face mask. He doesn't, however, he doesn't get ejected when he puts a hand on a ref, but because uh, apparently that's an automatic ejection, but obviously with quarterbacks, it's different for whatever reason. But yeah, Deshaun Watson looks washed. Uh, later in the episode, we'll do uh, patience or panic. And spoiler alert, I think the Browns are on panic mode. I really do. And not because I think their team's good. I actually like their defense. I know Chubb uh, made their offense better obviously but Jerome Ford stepped in there this might be a eagle situation where you can just plug anyone behind that line and get guns but I doubt it because I think Nick Chubb again was probably one of the best if not the best running back in the league but let's see how Jerome Ford does uh next week when you know the ball is literally all in his court and he doesn't just come in mid game but Deshaun Watson 22 for 40 235 yards one touchdown one INT he looked much worse in the game than the stats even say I know the Steelers uh have a good defense but now that we've talked about the Browns let's switch to the Steelers uh, a team on this podcast that both Casino and myself picked going to the playoffs and two weeks in I'm already in panic mode for the Steelers. Their offense is so vanilla. It just looks 
bad. Najee Harris just looks like a shell of him for his former self. And he's only like his second year in the league, second or third year in the league. So how can you be a shell of yourself one year removed from being an actual pretty good running back? He had 10 carries last night, 43 yards, a 4.3 average, but he just looks slow. He just looks dare I say unathletic, even though, you know, he's obviously far more athletic than me, but I'm not a running back in the NFL, but just saying, I didn't like anything I saw from him. Pickett had a pedestrian 15 for 30, 222 yards, one touchdown, one INT. Uh, George Pickens, I uh, picked in my fantasy league probably earlier than I should have, but I just felt like he was going to, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers always find me. He's diamond in the rough uh, wide receivers and turn them into all pros. He looks like he's following in that lineage. I don't know what it is with the Steelers and wide receivers. They just know how to pick them. But I really like the Steelers defense. Uh, Kenny Pickett doesn't seem like he's taken the steps that everybody was raving about when they were doing joint practices and the preseason when he was just lighting everybody up and everybody in the Kenny Pickett train was a rolling and believe me, I was on it. I'm still have one foot on one foot off. I still want the Steelers to be good. I mean, they won last night. We're talking about like they lost, but they won 26 to 22 against the division rivals. So Maybe they've righted the ship. I don't know. But last night, what I saw wasn't promising. Oh, also, the picks. Uh, both Casino and I should be embarrassed because I won eight games this week. Casino won nine. My wife, just picking out of the air, won 10. So I said whoever would lose uh, against my wife would lose five picks. Well, now it doesn't matter because both me and Casino lost to her. So we would both lose five picks. Or we're just going to keep it regular to avoid confusion. But the week two shame will be that both he and I lost to my wife. Uh, because both Casino and I picked the Browns. I was already off the Steelers bandwagon week two. Now I'm I'm kind of bad. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this, this Steelers team, but that was the deciding factor. Browns, Steelers, uh, and then Commanders, Broncos. Those were the two games. But there was also another Monday night game because, again, we talked about how it's so dumb that Monday night football has two games for reasons. Why don't they do the East Coast, West Coast game? Why do they start them an hour apart from each other on the same company-owned channels so you're eating into your own audience and revenue because you have people watching abc and espn owned by disney so again just dumb moves all around but last night we saw the saints the surprising 2-0 saints i think we also had i believe i picked them to win this division it was yeah i picked the saints to win this division so two and oh i think they do look like the best team in this division i really like their defense i've always liked Derek carr even though last night he wasn't spectacular but i do think him and alave are probably the best combination in that division even though We'll get to the Tampa Bay game, but kind of interesting things happen in Tampa, in Tampa Bay. Carolina's 0-2. I bailed on them before the season because I just felt like they were kind of a mess. And when you watch them play, it's like, I don't even know what they are, like what they're doing or with Bryce Young. It's just like 
they look like a team starting a rookie quarterback and he didn't play bad in the game. He was 22 for 31, 153, one touchdown. You know, that's fine. Miles Sanders, 14 carries, 43 yards, averaging three carries. And then Thielen, their leading receiver, seven receptions, 54 yards, one touchdown. Again, I think they have good pieces. I don't think they really have any great pieces. I don't like their defense, even though they have kind of like, I would say they probably have a middle of the road defense. But again, you have a top 10 offense, middle of the road defense, like you're a playoff team. So I think Carolina may be a year or two away, if, especially if the Bryce Young, you know, experiment works. But as far as the Saints go, leading rusher last night was Taysom Hill. Uh, I don't know what Taysom Hill is, but he's always a factor in that game. He ran for the first down last night to secure the win. So I'd want him on my team. I feel like it's annoying to play against him on the other team, and that's what you want from a football player. Uh, again, I think Alave, he was targeted 11 times, six receptions, 86 yards. Uh, I do think that the Saints' weapons combined with a very competent quarterback in Derek Carr, I do feel like this is a playoff team. Now, how far they get into the playoffs, we'll see, but 2-0, and I mean, that's what you want. Uh, now let's move back to the Sunday night games. And again, we're just going in reverse here. So let's start with the Sunday night game and casinos. New England Patriots are 0-2. The Miami Dolphins are 2-0. I think if I had to do my power rate rankings right now, I just think the Dolphins are the best team in the league. I know you can make the case for the 49ers, for the Cowboys, for the Eagles, for... I think the Dolphins would be in that mix. I really think those are the four teams that are kind of like the class of the NFL right now. And where I have question marks about the three NFC teams where it's like the Cowboys, they haven't really played anybody. The 49ers, I feel like their offense hasn't really done anything for me. Kind of same with the Cowboys. And then with the Eagles, they kind of look like a shell of themselves they're giving up, they're amounting these huge leads in the beginning and then kind of giving it up at the end to average or below average quarterbacks, Mac Jones being one of them. So I have question marks about all those teams. The Dolphins, however, I just feel like they've suddenly found a running game. I've always trusted Tua when he's healthy, right? You don't trust, you don't not trust Tua to be a great quarterback. You don't trust Tua in the sense of can he not, can he stay healthy? Right. So when he's healthy, I think he's a top five quarterback in this league, especially in this offense with the weapons he has. Jalen Waddle's great. Tyreek Hill is probably, I don't even think it's a debate, the best wide receiver in the league. And they've all of a sudden found a running uh, game they didn't have last year. Raheem Mozart against this Patriots defense, who even though they're 0-2, I think their strong point is their defense. I think they're a potential top five defense. And he uh, had 18 carries, 121 yards, two touchdowns. He was averaging almost seven yards a carry. I mean, so now you have this Dolphins passing attack with Waddle, with Hill, with uh, a healthy Tua, apparently that, what was it, Krav Maga or Taekwondo or whatever it was where he learned how to roll? Apparently that's worked two weeks in because I haven't seen him take a hit where I, I winced or was like, oh man, that looked bad. When last year it was like every time he got hit, it was like, why is he falling like that? How did that hit look so brutal? You know, like that kind of stuff. So 
I trust this Dolphins team. I think they're the best team in the AFC. And if I was a, well, I'm a fan of the Eagles. So if they were lucky enough to make it to the Super Bowl again, I'd be scared right now in the AFC to play this Dolphins team. Now, as for the Patriots, uh, Ramondre Stevenson kind of having so far a down year. He doesn't really seem like the back he was last year. Mac Jones actually played I uh, in that Eagles game. I thought he played great in this game. He played fine, but they just don't really have anybody. I mean, they got the two tight ends. They got Hunter and Gusecki. I like Kendrick Bourne. I don't trust Devontae Parker, Juju Smith-Schuster at all. So you literally have two tight ends, one probably – two or third or a second or third string wide receiver on most teams where you have Kendrick Bourne, where if he was my, if he was the Eagles third wide receiver, I'd be like really excited about him. If he was the first one, I'd be feeling like the Patriots fans probably are, which is just, we have two tight ends. Uh, Hunter Henry's kind of hit or miss for me. Gasecki hasn't really done anything since he moved from the Dolphins of the Patriots. So yeah, I don't know. He had five receptions, 33 yards. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this Patriots team. I think me and Casino both picked them to finish third or fourth in the division. And I think now with how weird the Jets are, like they're probably still the fourth best team. But let's move actually right over to – great segue by me. Thank you so much. Uh, let's move over to the Cowboys-Giants game, which was another blowout on Dallas. And this is my question marks with Dallas. Now, again, everybody uh, – I'm a Dallas hater, right? I'm an Eagles fan. How can I not hate the Cowboys? Pause for a dramatic effect. However, I will give credit where credit is due. People were saying the same shit about the Eagles team last year where it was just like, they're playing cupcakes, they're playing nobody. And then it was just like, they're playing the schedule put in front of them and they're winning those games. What more would you like from them? Now for the Cowboys, uh, Dak Prescott, 31-38, 255 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions against a very good Giants defense. But again, I didn't think this... Uh, Jets team would be good without Rodgers now when they have to rely on Zach Wilson like they're kind of just getting blown out in games where you're like yeah they probably would have got I think they would have still lost this game with Rodgers even though he does have that weird uh kind of thing where he steps up against the Cowboys of all teams for whatever reason but I just think the Jets they're not going to be the team that they could have potentially been with Rodgers. Again, other people of the media, and I'm not saying I'm from the media, right? I'm just a douchebag in my house recording a sports podcast, the only sports podcast. But I'm saying the the consensus going into this season was, oh, Jets are going to have a top five defense. Jets are going to have a top five offense with Aaron Rodgers. All these young pieces, like, let's see what, you know, let's ha- – let's start buying our Super Bowl tickets now. And then you see the Jets and you're like, their defense doesn't appear to be as good as we thought they would be. Their offense is just stagnant. I mean, with Zach Wilson, 12 for 27, 170 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. And then on the running side of it, they're giving their best running back, Brees Hall, four carries. They're giving Dalvin Cook the big free agent signing, right, that they – Uh, applauded Rodgers. I mean, we did as well on this podcast, applauded him for giving up money so they could get him. 
Uh, Brees Hall got four carries. Dalvin Cook got four carries. Now, I do think at this moment, the best defense in the league is either the 49ers or the Cowboys, two teams I hate. So that's rough me saying that internally, but I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can when I talk about teams I hate. And you can't deny how good those two teams are and especially how good their defenses are, right? So maybe they abandoned the run that uh, early because the Cowboys were just shutting down their runs. But again, you have Zach Wilson. So I would rather, especially if I was a Jets fan, I would rather live and die by giving Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook 15 carries each than having Zach Wilson attempt 27 passes. Like we've already seen the Zach Wilson experiment in uh, New York. And guess what? It led to them going to get Aaron Rodgers and paying him a shitload of money because they didn't want to sit through another Zach Wilson year. And now they're just like, oh yeah, we're just going Zach Wilson again. And they're kind of doing the same thing they did last year, which is this is now at best an eight, nine, seven and 10 team. And at worst a five win team, like, I don't understand this. Now, on the Cowboys side, we will see uh, their schedule pick up a little. They have two. I was checking out their schedule to see when they play, quote unquote, like an actual threat, right? But again, I heard this all last year and I defended the Eagles. So now I can't shit on the Cowboys for them not playing anybody. It's not their fault. They didn't make the schedule. Uh, But I will say this next week, they're playing the Cardinals. We'll talk about the Cardinals much more feisty than I thought. I still think this is going to be a blowout, right? The, just the talent on the Cowboys compared to this Cardinals team is insanely uh, uneven. Uh, I just think the Cowboys are way better Then they play the Patriots. So I think Cardinals, Patriots, they both slaughter. And then they have five or I guess four interesting games in a row, which is they play 49ers, Chargers, Rams, uh, Eagles. So I do think they come into that 49ers game 4-0. I think the 49ers will be 4-0. And then we're kind of going to see, I don't think the Eagles have shown me they have it this year. I don't trust their defense at all. I don't think they're nearly as good offensively play calling as last year. So I do think this is the Cowboys or Niners year. And that, could potentially be a preview of the NFC championship game, right? Oh, I guess both those games could be the Eagles and Cowboys and then Cowboys 49ers and then Eagles 49ers play each other later in the season. So we're going to see a combination of all those three teams playing each other. Uh, Let's move on to the next game. Surprisingly, one of the best two games of the day was the Washington commanders against the Denver Broncos. We kind of called it on this podcast where we had the commanders going to the playoffs and the Broncos missing the playoffs because I just think everything that we've said uh, on this podcast about Deshaun Watson, we can be said about Russell Wilson. I'm talking strictly on the field, right off the field. I've never heard of a masseuse accusing Russell Wilson, but I guess there's still time, right? But I doubt it. Uh, However, on the field, Russell Wilson, 18 of 32, 308 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He looked like his former self, but not as good in this game. And I shockingly watched most of this game because, again, it was so entertaining. And it's just the commanders are like a guilty pleasure watch for me this year. I think Eric Bieniemy has made this offense 
pretty damn entertaining to watch. Like Sam Howell, of all people, 27 for 39, 299 yards, two touchdowns. Brian Robinson had 18 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. And then Terry McLaurin is like, you know, the wish.com version of Tyreek Hill. But not, then that's not disrespectful, right? Because Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in the league. I think Terry McLaurin is a top. 20 wide receiver in this league so i think there's a drop off but not substantial right and i would want him on my team so i think he's a great wide receiver now as far as the broncos go kind of the jets situation but their quarterback didn't get injured it's just the great defense from last year let's hope they can figure out the offense and then the defense follows and now they've kind of last week was rough but their offense was much much better this uh this game against a commander's team that I think actually has a pretty legit defense. And then Russell Wilson has his best game as a Bronco by far. He's had, they kind of still don't have a running back or a running game. Uh, Javante Williams. I believe he was from the, the lions last year. No, no. I'm thinking of the guy that's on the saints, Jamal Williams. Uh, but uh, Javante Williams, 12 carries 44 yards, only averaging three uh, a little under four yards a carry. Uh, I did like Marvin Mims Jr. Finally, uh, you know, emerges as probably the wide receiver one on this team. I don't know what happened to Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton. I don't think Cortland Sutton was ever a wide receiver one, but he was a damn good wide receiver too. I always thought Jerry Judy would be a, a number one wide receiver in this league, but he seemed to have fallen off. But again, I like the... Broncos weapons I don't trust what Russell Wilson at all he just looks off when he's playing and you can tell by Sean Payton's comments before and after games about Russell Wilson you can tell these two guys just do not like each other because they're just fundamentally different people and I think Sean Payton is kind of doing that dog whistle to the world where he's kind of just being like I also don't like Russell Wilson and don't think he plays well but my hands are tied kind of thing. So it'll be interesting in the coming years for this Broncos team to see who wins the etern- uh, internal battle between Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Cause I'm assuming it's going to be Payton, but who knows? But again, I think coming out of this game, I'm impressed by the commanders. I really like their offense. I like uh Bien-Ami as a coach. I always thought it was insane that, No other team hired him as a head coach, let alone an offensive coordinator, if he, especially if he was looking to get away from the Chiefs. Uh, But yeah, this Broncos team 0-2, Commanders 2-0. Let's move on to another 2-0 team. Uh, The San Francisco 49ers win 30-23 against the LA Rams. LA Rams cover the spread at the end with the last second field goal, which meant nothing. So this was really a 10-point blowout. Uh, I think Brock Purdy was fine, but again, I think he is not, I just don't think the 49ers offense is as explosive as it was last year. It just seems like something's lacking and it does feel like it's Purdy. He doesn't feel like he's playing at the caliber of last year, but he's not playing bad. He's just not playing, you know, they say regular season undefeated and it's like, That's great, but he's kind of just a product of, I don't want to say the system because I've always hated that term, the system quarterback and all that stuff, but he's a product of a very good team. And I feel like 
he hasn't really, it's been a couple games now where he's won the game. I mean, he doesn't have to, but again, I just wish I could see more from Purdy. That being said, the 49ers still have Christian McCaffrey, who had 20 carries, 116 yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, leading receiver, second leading rusher. I mean, he only had 38 yards, but he still had a touchdown. Brock Purdy had a touchdown as well. The defense, uh, what can be said about this defense that hasn't already been said? I don't, I thought they would miss a beat because they lost to Miko Ryans. Who's now the head coach of the Texans, but they don't appear. They have, they have, they got another coordinator in there. Who's just doing the same stuff with the same weapons and surprise, surprise, the 49ers are still a really good team. Uh, now, as far as the Rams one in one, I think, Matthew Stafford, 34 for 55, 307 yards, one touchdowns, two INTs. Uh, I kind of think Matthew Stafford is back, quote unquote. He just looks like he has almost regained his confidence and kind of like the opposite of Russell Wilson, who we were just talking about, where he kind of looks like his older or his younger self and where Russell Wilson plays like an older version of himself. Matthew Stafford kind of plays like the younger version. He doesn't look like he's aged. He kind of looks like he's going back in time. Uh, And then you have this guy, Puka Nakua, the rookie wide receiver who has 15 receptions, 147 yards. He's getting targeted 20 times a game. And then you have Tutu Atwell, seven receptions, 77 yards, nine tu- uh, nine targets. So you have these two great wide receivers who came out of fucking nowhere. And then this team's also getting Cooper Cup back. They still don't have a running game. I mean, Kyron Williams rushed for... 14 carries, 52 yards, averaging almost or less than four yards a carry. So they still don't have a running game. This Rams under Sean McVay really never has had a running game, but their passing offense is great. Their defense uh, kind of decent. Like I think this Rams team at one and one can be a wild card team, which is shocking to me because I was sure before the season that they would be uh, one of the worst teams in the league and it doesn't appear they are so hats off to the Rams now I am scared when I go see uh, the Eagles play the Rams in that I think it's October 5th game uh, in LA because I thought it would be a slaughter and now I'm not so sure and I'm terrified uh, let's move over to another team in the NFC West which is the Arizona Cardinals losing to the now one in one New York Giants 31 to 28 Uh, Again, the Cardinals are more feisty than I thought they would be. I think Joshua Dobbs stepping in as he has been is just remarkable. He had 21 for 31 uh, completions out of attempts, 228 yards, one touchdown. He also rushed for 41 yards and a touchdown. James Conner went off, 23 carries, 106 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Again, I don't think the Giants are good. I don't think the Cardinals are good. I thought the Cardinals would be way worse than this, but they played a pretty good commanders team almost to the buzzer and then had a, what, at one point it was like 28 to 10 in this game, I believe, or 24 to 10 or something against this Giants team that, again, I don't think is good, but I thought the Cardinals would be the worst team in the league. And now at 0-2, they're like that feisty 0-2 team where – they're kind they're gonna be in every game they kind of feel like the bears last year where it was like i don't know how every game is close against them but it just is gonna be and they're probably gonna only win two or three games but 
the scores are going to be like this, where it's all games are going to end within five points. So hats off to the Cardinals. As for the Giants, this was really the Daniel Jones game, right? He kind of had to and did everything in this last, what, quarter and a half of this game to win. And props off to Daniel Jones. That's why he got paid. He was 26 for 37, 321 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. He also ran nine times, 59 yards and a touchdown. Now we heap all this praise on the Giants. Saquon Barkley, I used to say Saquon. Uh, because I play Madden, but it's Saquon Barkley, uh, 17 carries, 63 yards, one touchdown. However, he gets injured in this game, could miss a couple of weeks. And now the Giants go, what, recording this on Tuesday? In two days, they go play the 49ers. So that game, I don't know. The line in that game has to be, what, 10 plus points, especially with no Saquon Barkley. Like, how is that not just an absolute massacre? But Stranger things have happened, especially on Thursday night. So we'll see. But props to the Giants and Cardinals in this game. I was thoroughly entertained. I was impressed by Daniel Jones and impressed by just the Cardinals as a whole this season so far. So I I still don't think either of these teams are good, but at least they're fighting and they're just not like rolling over. Unlike the other uh, game I watched pretty much all of, I think I did actually watch all of this game because I was shockingly entertained by how good the Buccaneers look. So I'm talking about the Buccaneers winning 27 to 17 against the Chicago bears to go two and O and the Buccaneers. I mean, who would have thought they were two and O Baker Mayfield looks like a prime version of himself when he was on the Browns leading the team to the playoffs, 26 for 34, 317 yards, one touchdown. He looked poised in the pocket. And I did the uh, NFL, you know, YouTube thing where you can have four games on at once. So I had red zone. I had this game and then I had chiefs, Jaguars and uh, Bengals Ravens that I was watching and I could not, I kept switching between red zone and this game, right? Where you can change who the audio is coming out of. This game was for some reason, super entertaining. I really like the Tampa Bay defense and I couldn't tell you one guy who's on it, right? Like, I mean, uh, Shaquille Barrett, I know is on it. Uh, Devin White, I guess, but yeah, it's kind of, for me, like a version of the no-name defense where I'm like, how is this Bucks team this good on defense when I don't really know any of their personnel on it? Now, again, I'm not studying in the offseason the Bucks defensive players, but I'm still saying there's other, you know, big-name guys on defenses of teams you don't follow where you're just like, oh, of course, they have blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And then you look at the Bucks and they're like, they have that guy? And you're just like, huh, and they're that good? Like... The Bucks again, shockingly how into the Bucks game I was. Uh, Ricard White had 17 carries, 73 yards, one touchdown. Mike Evans went off for six receptions, 171 yards and one touchdown. Chris Godwin had a good game. It's just like you, I forget, you probably forgot. Like, oh yeah, this Bucks team was like one of the best teams in the league like three years ago. And of course they lose Tom Brady, but... Everybody else is still kind of there, except, you know, the guys who obviously aged out like Brady did. I'm not saying Brady aged out. He could probably step in now, especially with some of the quarterback play we've seen now and be a top 10 quarterback easy. But on this Bucks team, what, they lost 
Fournette, they lost Gronk, and then they lost a couple defensive guys, and that's kind of it. So this Buccaneers team being 2-0, and I mean, I'm kind of secretly into the Bucs, and then, of course, the, my team, the Eagles, play the Monday night. So I'm sure they'll murder my Eagles, and then I'll just be like, I knew this was coming because I like the Bucs. Now, on the other end, we have the Bears where Justin Fields, 16 for 29, 211 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He also ran the ball only four times for three yards and a touchdown. Uh, this Bears team, brutal brutal to watch uh i don't like their defense i don't like their offense and i think the justin fields experiment there was one of two ways this could have gone right which is everybody myself included was like this is going to be the eagles this year that the eagles were last year where all the question marks going in their last season were how good can jalen hurts be and then they're going to go from there Right. And then Jalen Hurts was an MVP candidate. They went to the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. So this year, I wasn't expecting a Bears Super Bowl push, but I was expecting a Bears kind of playoff push. I didn't pick them, but they were one of my teams that was kind of like right on the fringe because I thought Justin Fields would be able to take his insane athleticism with his insane ability to run the football and then just work on his passing in the off season. They get DJ Moore from the Panthers. And then it's kind of like they have weapons, right? They have uh, who's that tight end Clement or Kumit or however the fuck you say his name, Kemet C M E T. I don't know how to say that name uh, again, keeping my streak alive of butchering people's names on this podcast every week. Then they obviously traded last season for Claypool from the Steelers. So it was like, I kind of liked all their pieces. Their offensive line wasn't bad, right? It was kind of like a mid-offensive uh, line. Their defense, especially a Bears defense, has always been, you know, above average to great. So I thought they would have an above average defense, a potential top five offense with this weapons and quarterback evolving. And now none of that has came through. And now for the Bears, you're used to having bad quarterback play, except now they have bad defense. And then Justin Fields, I mean, you can go on Twitter right now and see 50 videos of routes being run where wide receivers are wide open. Justin Fields is looking at them and decides to just run straight into the line or throw it to a guy who's covered. And it's just kind of like the vision is really the issue. And then obviously there's issues with the play calling Justin Fields is already calling out his offensive coordinator the Bucks afterwards were like oh yeah we got that pick six because the Bears were just calling the same play over and over again and we realized it like that's not what you want to hear from both your quarterback and from the team you know you're facing where basically they say your offense is garbage so Chicago uh come right back up to the plate is one of the worst teams uh, in the league. Maybe you shouldn't have traded the first round pick, but again, patience or panic will get to uh, bears. I think it's time to panic. Uh, let's move over to another game that I watched all of that was far, far less entertaining than the bucks bears, which was the Kansas city chiefs win 17 to nine against the Jacksonville Jaguars after the Jacksonville Jaguars get, 45 attempts in the red zone to get a touchdown and just don't do it. Pretty much that was the story of the game. Again, I this Chiefs defense is 
phenomenal. I just think they're playing great. Their offense, however, uh, even though you look at their stats and it's 29 for 41, 305 yards, two touchdowns, one INT from Patrick Mahomes, uh, Pacheco, 12 carries, 70 yards. Uh, Mahomes ran for another 20. Uh, their wide receivers, you had Sky Moore, you had Justin Watson, you had Kadarius Tony, and then Travis Kelsey, and then Noah Gray, all kind of in the mix. So again, the issue with the Chiefs has been, we saw it week one, has been their offensive receiving weapons. Sorry, tea break. And the return of Travis Kelsey. Kelsey didn't really do anything in the game. Uh, this game was a real slog to watch. And again, I think I still think Patrick Mahomes is far and away the best quarterback in the league. But I do think people might have underestimated myself included how essential Eric Bieniemy was to making this offense run because their offense doesn't nearly look as deadly Patrick Mahomes kind of just looks off but again that's just first two things of the uh the season their passing attack is their weakest point of their offense there's no way that Kelsey and Mahomes don't get in rhythm. Uh, Andy Reid does something, you know, draws up a play or a game plan against a team where all of a sudden they score 45 points and everybody is just like, ha ha, like you were doubting the Chiefs. So I don't, I don't think this trend continues. However, their Chiefs schedule doesn't get any easier. So yeah, I don't know. And it was just always Andy Reid, right? The thing with him was like, he always does the best in September where they're always blowouts and their team always looks the best. And then this this September so far, that Lions game was weird. This game was weird, only scoring 14 points, or I'm sorry, 17 points. I know the Jaguars are good, but the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, 22 for 41, 216 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Christian Kirk had 11 receptions, 110 yards uh, at Etemi, I don't know how to, I always watch the games and hear them say these players' names 50 times. And then when I record the podcast two days later, I forget how to say it. But yeah, this Jaguars team, I think they're good. I think they're going to be fine. But again, you can look at charts that just show this Jaguars passing offense and just offense in general, just not really where they should be. So again, with both these teams, I feel like their defenses are solid. And then their offenses are kind of sputtering where everybody thought it would be the other way. Not that their defenses would sputter, but that their defenses wouldn't be as good as their uh, offense. And then, yeah, they're kind of just middle of the road offenses. I think both these teams can get them right. But I mean, by week three or four, I think you might just kind of be what you are, right? Which is why I'm still holding out hope that the Eagles can right the ship. But I do think there is potential issues in the future for what we thought would be elite offenses kind of just not getting there this year so i don't know we'll see it but next up we have the chargers and titans the titans winning 27 to 24 one of the shocking zero and two teams is the chargers uh i know but this just feels like typical chargers right every year they get hyped i didn't have them making the playoffs uh, I had the Ravens, Dolphins, and Steelers. I'm confident in the Ravens and Dolphins, not so much on the Steelers, but yeah, I just didn't understand all the hype for this Chargers team going into it. Uh, their head coach is probably the perennial, you know, right there with the Bears head coach of just a guy where they're like, how is this guy the head coach of this team, especially for so long, Deuce Staley, right? So Herbert, again, 
another good game. Like he's always going to be, uh, you know, a great fantasy quarterback, a great quarterback to be like, look at these stats and numbers and all this kind of stuff. But then when you watch the game, he kind of fumbles the bag in the, when it's time to win the game. Uh, Justin Herbert, 27 for 41, 305 yards, two touchdowns. You know, Josh, they still really don't have a uh, rushing attack. Their offense, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Uh, again, the problems with the Chargers are never their offense. It's boneheaded calls by the coach and their defense just kind of being, again, average, which should win you games, right? That's always been my thing where you have a great offense, average defense. You should win a lot of games, but also coaching. I think especially the past couple of years, we've seen how vital it is. And their coach, you can kind of really put the blame on him for these two games. Because again, the Titans with Tannehill go 20 to 24, 246 yards, one touchdown. Derrick Henry rushed for 80 yards and a touchdown. Traylon Burks, three receptions, 76 yards. But really, the this game was just... The Titans just felt like they were out coaching the Chargers. And then it kind of just led to the end of the game where you're like, oh, yeah, the Titans are going to win this game just because of a couple bonehead plays by the Chargers over here. And then obviously afterwards, you know, the coach is yelling at the media, which is never a good sign that, like, you don't think you're also on the hot seat. So I don't know what to make of either of these teams. I don't think the Titans are good. I think the Chargers are better than this, but I still think they're at best a nine and seven win team, which I don't think gets you into the playoffs in the NFC or the AFC this year. So yeah, I just kind of think this game, I was left more scratching my head with like, what are either of these teams than what I saw? But next up, we move to the Colts Titans. Uh, I really like the Colts this year. I just think Shane Steichen has brought over that Eagles offense to uh the the Colts and the Colts are kind of running it flawlessly with the best version of a quarterback they can even though Anthony Richardson got uh knocked out of this game early they still had Gardner Minshew in it obviously from the Eagles who is familiar with Steichen's offense and then they kind of you know just let him not even cook maybe saute right? They let him saute. I like just saying that word saute. Uh, Gardner Minshew, 19 for 23, 171 yards, one touchdown. Zach Moss, 18 carries, 88 yards, one touchdown. And yeah, this game, I checked in every once in a while because I like the Colts, but when Anthony Richardson wasn't in it, I was kind of just like, eh. However, CJ Stroud, 30 for 47, 384 yards, two touchdowns. I just think that Damian Pierce, of course, on my fantasy team, did nothing in this game. But then again, I think this Colts run defense is great. I think their pass defense is pretty good. And then I trust their offense. Hopefully, Anthony Richardson's okay and he can come back in. But I really like their uh, offense. I really like their defense. I think the Colts, dare I say, could be a sneaky uh, playoff team in the AFC may be taking the place of the Steelers, but they're both one and one. So who knows? I do think CJ Stroud has looked CJ Stroud and Anthony Richardson have looked like the two best quarterbacks coming out of that class. And then you have Bryce young, but I think he's kind of just in a mess in Carolina. So yeah, Texans, not bad. I mean, they're still Owen two, but I think it's a much more promising 0-2 than what the Bears are right now. Sorry to keep shitting on the Bears. I have nothing against the Bears, but I just think they're the worst team I've seen 
uh, this season. But nothing really to say about that Colts-Texans game. I mean, they're kind of, yeah. Uh, next up, Seahawks-Lions. A lot to say about this game because this game was entertaining as hell. And I watched, I recorded this separately and then watched it after the fact. Uh, yeah, just Geno Smith kind of reemerged after everybody was giving him so much shit including myself after week one, 32 for 41, uh, 328 yards, two touchdowns and the dub Kenneth Walker. The third had 17 carries, 43 yards, two touchdowns, DK Metcalf, six receptions, 75 yards. He goes out of the game with an injury. Then Tyler Lockett stepped up, got both, uh, uh, passing touchdowns. Again, the lions, uh, Jared Goff, 28 for 35, 323 yards, three touchdowns, one INT. That one INT was like the first interception he's thrown in like over a year or some insane stat like that. I can't remember, but David Montgomery, 16 carries, 67 yards, one touchdown. Ahmad Ross, St. Brown, under two yards, but then it was Josh Reynolds catching two touchdowns. So again, both these teams are one and one. I like the Lions as a playoff team. I think this Seahawks team can make it to the playoffs again. But question marks still about their defense, even though both these teams, when they play each other, it's always a shootout. So again, I like these two when they match up against each other. I hope we see it again in the playoffs. But this game really didn't show me anything for either team. I still have question marks about their defense. Uh because now, since we've seen the Chiefs for two weeks, it's did the Lions defense shut them down or is the Lion or is the Chiefs offense just not as good as we thought it would be? So who knows? And then the Rams are actually pretty good. So them destroying the Seahawks in week one now doesn't seem so crazy. So again, more question marks than answers with these last two games coming out of it. But both Seahawks and Lions are one and one. I think both can make the playoffs. So we'll just see them as the season progress. Now we're moving to the last four games because I'm gonna also gonna oops also gonna touch on the uh Thursday night game. But what let's move to the Ravens Bengals, which is a game I watched and wanted to switch away from because it was just so uninteresting to me. But Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, a playoff team I did pick, are now two and oh. Again, with the Chargers, shockingly, the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2. So we have Lamar Jackson going 24 for 33, 237 yards, two touchdowns. Also rushed for 54 yards. Gus Edwards, 10 carries, 62 yards, one touchdown. Nelson Aguilar and Zay Flowers both getting 62 and 63 yards. And then Mark Andrews catching a touchdown. So I like this Ravens offense. I think they have great weapons. I trust Lamar Jackson as a runner and a thrower. I've never understood that thing where it's like he's a running back playing quarterback even though he threw what 50 touchdowns his MVP season so I like this Ravens team now the Bengals Joe Burrow had a bounce back game where he was 27 41 222 yards two touchdowns one INT but something still looks off about him if it's the injury then get him out of the game if it's not then I don't know what it is because T Higgins boy Jamar Chase Kind of had average games. T. Higgins, eight receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Joe Mixon, 13 carries, 59 yards. But again, the story of this game is Ravens defense, I don't trust at all. I think they're going to finish the season as having one of the worst defenses in the league unless something happens where it's get right real quick. Now, that being said, could this Ravens team be like 
the Lions or Seahawks of last year, where they had great enough offenses to warrant. Yeah. Yeah. So they had great enough offenses to warrant, uh, you know, having subpar to bad defenses, and they were still over to win, able to overcome that and win games and get to the playoffs and all that stuff. I still have the Ravens going to the playoffs. I still have the Bengals going to the playoffs, even though they're 0-2. But again, Joe Burrow just looks off. Their defense is fine. Their other offensive pieces are fine. But this was kind of supposed to be like the last hurrah before they have to start paying people. And so far, 0-2. And I just don't think that they are going to be able to do the same thing they did last year where they're 0-2 and they rattle off 11 wins, right? That was just kind of an anomaly more than the rule. So, uh, but I do have much more confidence in them as an 0-2 team in, uh, compared to the Chargers as an 0-2 team, but we'll see. Next up, Raiders-Bills. Bills get the blowout win, 38-10. to About halfway, maybe into the first quarter, into the second quarter, uh, I was texting Casino about this game and just being like, I thought, I think at the beginning of the season, I should have gone harder on my Bills are going to be bad because they were losing, I think it was like, 10 to seven to the, to the Raiders. And then I was just like, the Raiders are okay, but I don't think they should be competing with the bills. Right. And so I was ready to do my take. And then almost instantly the Buffalo bills score like three touchdowns. And then it's like, what, 28 to 10 or whatever. And then the Raiders never score again. And then they shut down Jimmy G. He had a bad game, 16 for 24, 100, uh, 85 yards, one touchdown, two INTs, but he was also missing wide open throws. Devontae Adams uh, gets knocked out of the game after going six receptions, 84 yards, one touchdown. Josh Jacobs does nothing rushing. In the receiving game, he had 51 yards. But then the Bills, Josh Allen has a, I mean, definition of bounce back game, right? 31 for 37, 274 yards, three touchdowns, no INTs. I don't even think he fumbled. So maybe the first Josh Allen game in a while where he hasn't turned the ball over. Uh, James Cook, 17 carries, 123 yards. Gabe Davis, 92 yards, six receptions and a touchdown. And again, the the thing that impresses me the most about this Bills team is both weeks they've kind of had look like they have a competent run game which they've never had in the entire you know Sean McDermott Josh Allen Buffalo uh not I don't know what word it like to use partnership I don't know this iteration of this team has never had a running game and now they kind of do And week one was definitely concerning, but obviously the circumstances of that game, it being in New York, the whole buzz around that, maybe that was just one of those fluky week one games where the Jets are going to be really bad and the uh, Buffalo Bills are going to rattle off all of a sudden 10 games. And then that's going to be the week one game we look back on and just kind of be like, oh, that was weird, right? But yeah. Right when I was about to put the stake in the heart of Buff of the Buffalo Bills, they come out, blow out the Raiders. It was blowout of the week. Uh, I don't know what the Raiders are. I think Jimmy G, I don't want to say he's washed, but he just doesn't appear to be the Jimmy G he used to be. Maybe the injuries have caught up to him. And if I'm the Raiders, I'm putting that one kid in. The one guy, I think it was like O'Connor or something from that was just amazing during the preseason like why not put him in and just see what you got you know what you got with jimmy g which is kind of 
you know, an, uh, an above average quarterback that's going to win you some games, but he's not going to win you a lot. He's not going to win you more games than, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, <laughs> but yeah, Jimmy G just kind of average guy. He's going to take you to the promised land, but won't win it for you. I don't think he's going to take this Raiders team to the uh, promised land, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, next up, we had the, do I say shocking? I don't know. This game was entertaining. I'll say that. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons 25 to 24 against uh, winning against the Green Bay Packers. The Falcons are now 2 and 0. So I had the four games going on the TV and then I had on my phone this game going and I watched, I shockingly, at least to myself, I watched more of the Packers, Falcons, and Bucks, Bears game than I did Chiefs. Uh, Jaguars or Ravens Bengals, right? Which I thought were the two marquee matchups going into this weekend. But this game was, dare I say, a hoot, right? Uh, Jordan Love, again, just putting up insane numbers for at what he, what everybody thought he would be. 14 completions, 25 attempts, 151 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, nothing really receiving because obviously only three for 150 yards. Nothing really rushing, but... This Packers defense is great. I think Jordan Love is actually really, really good and could potentially be a Pro Bowl quarterback this year, which if you would have told me that before this season, I would have been like, no fucking way. But on the other side, uh, the Falcons 2-0, Desmond Ritter, 19 for 32, 237 yards, one touchdown, one INT, and I believe the broadcast said that's his first turnover as a Falcon since he started, like, being the starter, which is insane, right? Because I believe he started half the season last year. But Bijan Robinson, 19 carries, 124 yards, averaging almost seven yards a carry. Uh, he looks like the real deal. I really like Drake London, who had six receptions, 67 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Kyle Pitts, I still think, is overrated. I think he might be a bust in terms of what we thought he would be coming into the league and what he actually is because he disappears – for entire games, including this one, you never really recognize that he was on the field, but Bijan Robinson looks like a home run hit. And now they can kind of put to bed everybody who criticized myself included them taking a running back with already having a top three rushing offense last season, because Bijan Robinson looks legit. I think this Falcons defense is good. I think both these teams are playoff teams. I think Falcons and Packers both make it to the playoffs, which is shocking to me because I didn't think – I thought the Packers would be good, but I thought the Lions would be the, uh, the class in that organization and now it's or in that division. And now it's really going to be interesting to see the Lions-Packers with these two versions of these teams. But I had, let's see, the Lions winning that division and then the Saints winning the – NFC North or South. I'm sorry. I still think the Saints are better than the Falcons, but I'm excited now to see a Saints Falcons game, which I never thought I would say. So yeah, props to the Falcons and the Packers entertaining game. I think both teams are good and I think both teams make the playoffs. I really do. Uh, all right. Now let's move over to last game. We're going to talk about in the NFL, which was the Thursday night Vikings Eagles game. I kind of touched on it last episode, but uh, just to close out week two, 
I hate Thursday night games. I think they're always bad. I think they're wonky. I don't like them. Uh, but the narrative coming out of this game was Kirk Cousins can't get it done in prime time, which is confusing because if you watch that game, Kirk Cousins was amazing. Like he had great vision, great presence. He was staying in the pocket and just getting hit to go to give off like perfect throws he was 31 for 44 364 yards four touchdowns no interceptions justin jefferson had 11 receptions 159 yards jordan addison had three receptions 72 yards one touchdown most of those yards were on that one bomb uh where he just torched the eagles defense uh i don't the minnesota vikings are zero and two i really don't think they have anything out of outside of Kirk cousins or uh, Justin Jefferson, but they're fun to watch. I think they're, but I do think the luck they had last year has kind of run out because now in one score games, they're Owen two last year, obviously they were undefeated in one score games. So uh, nothing really to say on the Vikings. I just don't understand the hate that Kirk cousins is getting, especially for that game. Like, did anybody watch that game? He was incredible in it. Now, on the other side, the Eagles win 34 to 28. Another game where they started, I believe it was what 13, or they had like they were like 16 and 0 again, or something like that, or maybe it was 21 to 7, or some insane lead, 24 to 7, where then all of a sudden the they let the Vikings back into it. Jalen Hurts had a better game than week one, but even then his stats really don't blow you away. 18 for 23, 193 yards, one touchdowns, one interception. He had two rushing touchdowns. I think both of them were just the goal line QB sneak, which as an Eagles fan, suck on it if you don't like it. Uh, Devontae Smith had a great game, four receptions, 131 yards, one touchdown. A.J. Brown, four receptions, 29 yards. Dallas Goddard, two weeks in. Uh, I was kind of getting the Kyle Pitts treatment where I'm sure he was the second or third tight end taken off the board. And he has just done nothing two weeks in. Uh, but the big story of this game was DeAndre Swift, the Lions running back. They got in the trade, 28 carries, 175 yards, one touchdown, averaged over six yards a carry. Uh, he was phenomenal. This is obviously what I want the Eagles to be, just a run it down your throat sack the other quarterback, uh, control the clock, keep the other offense off the field, and then just win games. Right now they're 2-0. I have so many question marks about this team. I don't know if I trust the offensive play calling. I don't know how well the defense is. They're getting a lot less sacks and pressure on the quarterback than they did last season. So right now they're 2-0, but let's transition from that to – the undefeated teams in the league. And so let's play a different game, which is usually we play patience or panic. Let's play pretender or contender, right? I didn't make that up, but it sounded like I did. So let's just go that I did uh, with undefeated teams right now. And we'll just go quickly through these because I'm pretty sure you're going to know which ones I think are pretenders or contenders based on what we were just talking about. But Dolphins, obvious contender. I think they're the best team or potentially the best team in the league right now. Baltimore Ravens. I'm in the middle, but I'm definitely more contender than pretender. I don't trust that defense. Uh, Cowboys, as much as it pains me to say contender, I think that defense is legit. Uh, I still think the uh, Micah Parsons hype is unreal, but 
again, you see the comparisons where it's like, he's Lawrence Taylor, he's Lawrence Taylor. And it's just like, we've seen two games where he's played Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones. Like, can we, can we pump the brakes? Like last season, he started great too. And it kind of trailed off as the season went on. So let's calm down, calm down on the Mika Parsons overreactions. He's a great defensive player. He's not the best defensive player we've seen in 30 years. Like, calm down uh but still contenders 49ers contenders i think their offense has sputtered a little but i mean what offense in the league hasn't outside of the dolphins like everybody's offense seems a little worse than they were last year uh again outside of the dolphins but still that defense is as legit as the cowboys defense is so contender commanders now this is the first one where i might be pretender but again i still think that defense is legit i like their offense uh controlled by the enemy i mean he's making sam howell look great so how can you doubt it uh yeah so i just think contender i mean i had them going to the playoffs they're two and oh so contender eagles i just said i have a bunch of question marks with this team but still they're two and oh they're finding ways to win both games they started with insane leads and then kind of just ram the game clock out so contenders but i as an eagles fan i'm scared uh falcons i still think it's pretender i don't trust desmond ritter to win them games i like Bijan robinson but i don't know just i don't i just think they're pretender i just i don't see this team in the playoffs but who knows or maybe they could be in the playoffs but again uh, if it comes down to the three teams I had going in the playoffs as wild cards were Cowboys, Seahawks, Commanders, you can switch Cowboys or Eagles right in that NFC East. So Eagles, Cowboys, Seahawks, Commanders, or Falcons, I feel like I'd take all of those teams above the Falcons. So pretender, but it's kind of the other end of the Falcon spectrum, right? Where Falcons are just right at, or uh, Ravens are right at contender. Falcons are like, right at pretender but one or two wins could skew me on either of those teams uh saints i think contender i like the saints team but then again if they i think one team comes out of the nfc south if it would be the falcons right now over the saints it wouldn't be shocking i just trust Derek carr they're gonna get kamara back i trust the saints more than this falcons team but who knows and then the buccaneers this is the one where contender, pretender, I don't know. I have no idea. I do want to see, I'm going to put a pin in this one and say that they don't even have to win Monday night against the Eagles. Just like, show me that you're at the Eagles level, which again, I think the Eagles with all the question marks are still one of the best three teams in the NFC. So if you beat them on Monday night, or at least give them a game, like you might be a contender, but again, Three teams in the NFC South, I think only one team comes out of it, and all these teams are 2-0. and So one of these teams has to fall off, but I trust the Saints defense, Derek Carr, just their whole staff and talent more than I trust the Bucks and the Falcons. But NFC South, entertaining, man, I did, which I didn't think it would be. We thought it would be the worst division in uh, – or in contention for worst division in the NFL right now, but – yeah, I don't know. That's a ooh, that's interesting. Uh, let's go to college football real quick before we get out of here. And 
Uh, I text Casino this during the game where it was, oh, I'm sorry. Let's go, uh, before we go to college football, one last thing. Uh, Patience or panic will do real quick for only the 0-2 teams. So the 0-2 teams right now are Broncos, Vikings, Chargers, Bengals, Bears, Patriots. I think Broncos... You got to be in panic mode, right? You almost win that game on the Hail Mary. You lose with the two-point conversion, which I do think was pass interference. But what are you going to do? I mean, that should have been called. It wasn't. You're still 0-2 now. I just think Russell Wilson doesn't look good. I don't think the Broncos' defense looks nearly as good as I thought they would. I think it's panic mode. Vikings, I think it's panic mode strictly for the sense of they're 0-2. I don't like their defense. Really, their only offense is Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson. I mean, Addison gets in there a little, but they have no running game. I think it's panic mode for both Broncos and Vikings. Chargers, I have them missing the playoffs. I never had them making the playoffs, and now they start 0-2. I think with that coaching staff, with those boneheaded ways to lose games, I do think they it's, it's panic mode. Now, Bengals, I don't think it's panic mode yet. But if this team is all of a sudden 0-4, 1-4, 1-5, like, yeah, then obviously it's panic mode, right? Because I don't think they rattle off uh, wins going like that. And then we have Patriots, which I do think are panic mode just because I don't think this – I think this is the worst team in the division. I think – well, until they blow out the Jets next week, right? And then it's like, oh, are the Patriots good? And it's like, I think the Patriots are good. I just think they got – the short end of the stick of having the toughest schedule in the league of being in the, one of the hardest divisions with the bills uh, jets team. That's okay. And then the dolphins who I think are the best team in the league. So I think it's panic strictly from the fact of they're Owen two, and I don't see where they're picking up enough wins to even sniff the playoffs uh, bears. We talked about it. I think it's full on panic mode. I think this is the only team on this list that is legit, legit, like, what the fuck do we do? Because we did not think we were going to be in this position and now we are and we're just rebuilding again, I guess, looking for another quarterback again. Our defense is nothing. So yeah, so that was patience or panic. And now let's move uh, to college football before we get out of here. And I think this was a great weekend of college football. And I think it might've been only so good because both the, uh, what is it? Alabama Crimson Tide and Georgia, both struggling, which you love to see. I hate the SEC. So whenever they're a team in their struggles, it's always good to see, uh, Alabama loses 17 to three or wins. I'm sorry. 17 to three against South Florida. That game was like 10 to three with what, like four minutes left in the fourth quarter. So I don't know how South Florida was that good, or maybe Alabama is just not that good. Their quarterback play has been highly suspect. Uh, Georgia wins by 10 against South Carolina. Again, another game where you look at the box score after, and it's like, oh, they won by 10 points. But it's like most of that game was much closer than the final score indicates. And then uh, other games going on, uh, Michigan I still think Georgia and Michigan being one and two is one of those things where it's just kind of like, doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like there's powerhouses this year in the league, but it also 
feels like the two teams up top aren't the two best teams. Again, I think Texas winning 31 to 10, it pains me to say as a Texas hater, but I do think that Texas and who's the other team that I was saying was who's at number four. Uh, Oh, Florida state. I do think Texas and Florida state who won Florida state won 31 to 29 against Boston college. Again, that game was very close, but they just feel like better teams right now than Michigan and uh, Georgia, but we'll see in the playoffs, right? I don't think, I I think there's a potential for these teams to win and then uh, maybe miss the playoffs. But right now, if those four teams got in it, I would take Florida State and Texas over Georgia or Michigan, but who knows? Michigan gets John Harbaugh back. However, the game and talking point of this weekend, obviously Saturday night, Colorado comes back uh, to defeat their in-state rival, Colorado State, in double OT, I believe, 43-35. to Great game. Uh, I text Casino during this game because, again, we do the only sports podcast because he's the only friend I have who actually watches sports. I text him during this game. Why does this game feel so important when it's kind of like not, right? Because, I mean, it is for Colorado and the narrative around college football this year. But Colorado going just – that two minute drive at the end of the game, it, like everybody I felt like knew like, Oh yeah, Colorado is going to win. They're going to go into OT. And then if they, that happens, Colorado wins, but Colorado state a hell of a game. I don't think they're a good football team. So to go toe and toe with the apple of everyone's eye in the sports media world, Colorado, obviously they have, you know, great story coming into this year. Deion Sanders, his son, uh, Travis Hunter, all the, all the storylines around this game, the sunglasses, the calling out of the coach from Colorado state, speaking about Deion Sanders going into this game, all of it's great television. There's a reason why uh, I also think this plays into the powerhouses not being so good powerhouses where it just is Colorado's kind of taken all the attention of the college football world. And then they do games like this where it's like, I don't know if Colorado's good, right? We're going to see this Saturday at, I believe 1230 when they play Oregon, I think they're 21 point underdogs, but which I believe is how much Colorado state was an underdog to this Colorado team. But that's going to be the real test. Because if Oregon blows them out, then it was like, oh, yeah, this was cute why it lasted, but now here's reality, right? But if Colorado wins that game, then it's like, is Colorado the best team in the, the league? Or is there are they a top five team? Are they a top 10 team in the nation? Who knows? But we're definitely going to be talking and predicting that game uh, on this week's second episode i don't know if casino will be here probably not it might just be another solo show but yeah we'll see uh friday uh friday maybe thursday because i want i wanted to start recording tuesdays and thursday or tuesdays and fridays so we can talk about the monday night and thursday night game but i don't think thursday night game is going to be all that interesting if the giants end up shocking the world and beating the 49ers we'll obviously talk about it but i just i think me and Casino both. I haven't even talked to him, and I'm assuming he's picking the 49ers. I'm picking the 49ers. So we'll probably see a Friday or maybe Thursday. Who knows? There will definitely be a show either Thursday or Friday this week is what I'm saying. 
This has been the first ever solo edition, maybe first ever, I think I've done this once or twice before, of the Only Sports Podcast. I'm Will. Uh, Casino is taking care of his baby, who's healthy, who's good. Uh, Yeah, so we'll see you either Thursday or Friday, and uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Adios.